has warned about the dangers of sleepwalking into a surveillance society. And I think we all have to recognise that as part of the modern world we live in, we have increasing amounts of personal information generated about us as we go about our everyday lives. Click of a mouse here, use of a mobile phone there, visiting an ATM machine, using a credit card, use of a supermarket loyalty card. Every time we do one of those things, that enables electronic footprints to be generated about us. Well, maybe every one of those, when it's on a discrete basis, is acceptable, because it's to do with providing us with a service, things that we expect. But it does provide the opportunity for all that information to be joined together and brought together in a, in a, in a way which might be used in an unwarranted um, way which affects individuals. In this introductory film, we'll be looking at examples of surveillance in one very everyday location, a shopping centre on the edge of Leeds. I'm Alan Cochran. I've come here as a member of the Open University course team to look at how surveillance is understood by those who do the watching, as well as those who are being watched. And I'll also be reflecting on some of the tensions between being watched out for and protected and being watched over so that others may be protected. Out-of-town shopping centres like the White Rose can seem isolated from the communities which they serve. And one of the tasks faced by managers is to find ways of bringing them in as customers. How would you describe the broad ethos, the way in which the shopping centre is thought of and understood? Our core shopping public is actually quite a small number of people who come from the local community and as a result of that it's very important that we make friends with the people in the local community and that we put something back into the community from whom we um, from whom we thrive one community focused scheme involves the early opening of the center to allow older people to walk the internal miles offering them a safe and warm place to exercise. Mile walking has become a popular pastime for some. I've been watching you people walk around doing the walking uh, early in the morning, and I was just wondering what it is. Why, do you, why have you chosen to come here rather than anywhere else? Safer, you know, because we've just got a park in front of our house, you know, and we don't feel safe, and this is more convenient for us, you know. We meet other people as well who's doing the mile walk, and you know, I find it a lot better coming here. We do it for health reasons, you know, um, the exercise. Um, I'm a diabetic myself, and this is why I started doing it, for the exercise. Um, but the, the staff and the security people are also friendly, um, and, and that is, in itself is an encouragement. Um, and, yeah, we do feel safe because of that. The promise of safety and security is a key issue for the shopping centre. And that implies keeping some people out, as well as providing a safe space for those who are allowed in. You know when you, you talk about making sure you keep undesirables out, how do you know who they are? How do you, do you have... We, you have, we have had past dealings with uh, several people that uh, tend to keep returning to the centre. 
and we do have a what's known to us as our who's in the zoo book. <laughs> and uh, it's pretty full now, but we do refresh his minds, and we know a lot of them as well because they keep returning on a regular basis, and they're banned from centre. Some people find the cameras and security guards a bit of an invasion of privacy, even in a public place, but I, I don't really see it that way. I think if it's making um, people feel safer and making it a nicer place for all um, ages, then I think it's all right. In one sense, the experience of surveillance is a universal one. Everybody in a shopping centre comes under the view of the cameras. Marketing strategies are developed with the help of widely available personal data. Medical information is held by doctors. Tax and benefit data is held by government departments. But people are affected differently, depending on how they're perceived through the surveillance process. Yeah, you've just got an IC1 mail coming through the centre self extension, where, where a white and grey top, blue jeans, white trainers and a baseball cap. Yeah, can you approach that man? He's gone into Argos. Stand him down, John. Stand down there. You just wait there outside. I've got whiskey three, four outside. Um, he's actually banned from site. So is this still banned for life or not? Yeah. Affirmative, we believe he is, yeah. The implications of a drift towards a surveillance society really depend upon how this information is used, where it's stored, who gets access to it, what decisions are taken with that information, and how people's life courses are steered. One way in which surveillance and information gathering can be used is to identify those who are seen as undesirable and to exclude them from a community. Surveillance is most intensively applied at borders and boundaries because it seems to create pinch points or places where access is very tightly controlled and tightly negotiated. So the space is safe, so nobody's threatened. In a way, the security staff have the responsibility of protecting the boundaries of the centre. So those inside become a form of community, protected from the threats that are believed to exist outside. This is also a community based around particular forms of shopping, particular sets of shops. And some of those who remain on the outside do so because the shops are thought to be too expensive or not for people like them. I think if there are any excluded groups, it would be people who perhaps feel they can't afford to shop at the White Rose Shopping Centre. So we do extensive research in terms of our catchments and who shops and who doesn't. And our research indicates that because I mean, we're, our shops are not really high, highly upmarket, but equally we're not a budget shopping centre. Uh, where we are in South Leeds, um, we're actually situated in, in quite a, a deprived area of, uh, of Leeds. Some of the poorest wards in the country are located on our doorstep. So I think, I think it's possibly more of an exclusion due to socio-demographic profile rather than an excluded group in terms of, say, troublemakers or anything like that.